in Advent, we are supposed to be looking at ourselves and see, are there ways that we have not moved on with the Lord? Are there ways that we haven't been serving him that he's been calling us to? Have we been living the life that he died on the cross and rose from the dead to offer us? And so uh, with that in mind, uh, I want us to look at Joshua, the 18th chapter. And so if you have your Bibles with you, uh, I find I find this just fascinating. Joshua, the 18th chapter. There's so many parallels between what happened to the children of Israel and what happens to us today. Joshua 18 verses 1 through 4, we read, Then the whole congregation of the sons of Israel assembled themselves at Shiloh and set up the tent of meeting there, and the land was subdued before them. Now then, the way that the land was subdued is they have come and they have entered into the promised land. And they have been driving the uh, uh, inhabitants out, those that the Lord wanted to dispossess in order to give the land to uh, the children of Israel. And so they have uh, gotten to this place to where they have now come in and they have taken over a large part of the territory. But there are still Canaanites in the land and there's still work to be done. And so we move on. Uh, there remained among the sons of Israel seven tribes who had not divided their inheritance. So Joshua said to the sons of Israel, How long will you put off entering in to take possession of the land which the Lord, the God of your fathers, has given you. How long are you going to wait? God has given you something. How long are you going to wait before you possess it? And that's a question for us today, I think, you know. You see, what had happened was the children of Israel, they had taken possession of their inheritance to a point. And here are these seven tribes that for some reason have failed to receive fully their inheritance. Now, they've been involved in some battles and they have taken booty. They have uh, taken uh, what the, the Canaanites left behind and they have divided among themselves. And so they have flocks and they have different possessions and apparently they're just tending their flocks out around Shiloh, but they're all staying together, congregating together, and just kind of like having a big time. And you see, it's like they have a bird's nest on the ground. They've got all their stuff, and they're happy and they're content where they are. But they're not where the Lord intended them to be. And I think that's important for us to, to know that you may feel like you've got a bird's nest on the ground. Things must be go might be going pretty good for you. But this is the time of the year when you ask yourself, 
Am I where I am supposed to be with the Lord? That's what Advent is all about. And so Joshua rebukes them for not moving in faith concerning their inheritance. The land had been given to them by God, but it was inhabited by people who opposed their right to it. And in order to possess their inheritance, that meant that they were going to have to exert themselves. They were going to have to dispossess the enemy. God wanted the land dispossessed of those people who had it. And so uh, and that's, that's for another sermon as to why. But he did. He wanted them out of there because they were not good people. And they were just, anyway, we won't get into all that. But this morning, I think God wants us to really become aware of the similarities between this Old Testament story and the story of a lot of Christians today. First, by inheritance, the land belonged to them. They were Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise that God had made to Abraham. They'd been told to take possession experientially what was already theirs legally. And then they were dragging their feet when it came to stepping in and taking possession of what was theirs. It's the same scenario in the church world today in a lot of ways. The word of God is rich with God's promises toward the children of God. And you see, this is the current message of Advent. Just like we can't sit in a folding chair, like I had this folding chair out here a while ago. We can't sit in a folding chair if we don't open it. We can't discover and live in the promises of God if we don't open the Bible and our hearts and appropriate what is ours. We've got to find out what it is, and then we have to appropriate it. We have to take possession of it. Just like I couldn't go and fly a plane today. I'd have to get ready before I could go fly a plane. A lot of people want to just say, I'm a Christian, and think that makes them a Christian. But there's some things that have, you have to do before you become a Christian, Arthur. And the most important thing is to understand what God wants you to do to be a disciple of Christ and then do that. Just taking on a label doesn't make you that, does it? So but the, so the thing is, we are also by faith the seed of Abraham. And we are heirs to the blessing of Abraham. In fact, Paul uh, says it in Galatians three thirteen through 14. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. In order that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles 
so that we could receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. And then just a little later on in uh, 3.29, he says, And if ye be Christ's, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. We are heirs according to the promise. So what are we heirs of? This book is full of the promises of God. But unless we open it and read it and study it, we're not going to know what our promises are. Let me share just a part of the blessing of Abraham with you. This is in Deuteronomy And this is what the children of Israel had in store for them if they were obedient. And see, now that we've got seven tribes that are teetering on the brink of being disobedient by just sitting where they are and not moving on into what God had in store for them. He says, and and Moses is addressing them just before they enter in. And he says, now it shall be If you diligently obey the Lord your God, being careful to do all his commandments, which I command you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. All these blessings will come upon you and overtake you if you obey the Lord your God. Now listen to this list. Blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall be the offspring of your body, and the produce of your ground, and the offspring of your beasts, the increase of your herd, and the young of your flock. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord shall cause your enemies who rise up against you to be defeated before you. They will come out against you one way and flee before you in seven ways. The Lord will command the blessing upon you in your barns and in all that you put your hand to, And he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God gives you. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself. As he swore to you, if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. So all the peoples of the earth will see that you are called by the name of the Lord and they'll be afraid of you. The Lord will make you abound in prosperity in the offspring of your body and in the offspring of your beast and in the produce of your ground in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. The Lord will open for you his good storehouse, the heavens to give rain to your land in its season and to bless all the work of your hand. And you shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. The Lord 
will make you the head and not the tail. Do you hear that? He'll make you the head and not the tail. And you will only be above and you will not be underneath. If you listen to the commandments of the Lord your God, which I charge you today to observe them carefully and do not turn aside from any of the words which I command you today to the right or to the left to go after other gods to serve them. That's a lot of blessing, don't you think? And the thing is, we were meant to live a blessed life. And Jesus reiterated this. He underscored this when he said, I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. This is what he was talking about. He came to make the blessings of the children of Abraham available to us today. As it was then, even as it is today, there are enemies to us possessing our inheritance and we have to be willing to exert ourselves to possess what is already legally ours. One reason why so many of God's people are cheated out of their inheritance is because they don't know what belongs to them. They're unfamiliar with the will. In fact, Hosea said, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. There's so many things, so many blessings that we miss because we don't know that they're ours. Reminds me of a story I heard a long time ago about a very, very extremely wealthy lady. And she had a, uh, a maid who took care of her for years and they were very close. And just before she died, she gave this maid an envelope and she said, I want you to have this. You've meant so much to me and you deserve this. And she gave her this envelope. After she died and after the funeral, the lady went home and the maid opened up the envelope and uh, she couldn't read. To her, it was just a piece of paper that was important to the lady. And so that made it important to her because she loved the lady that she worked for. And so she had a frame there and she just stuck it in a frame and hung it on the wall. And she lived in her little hovel in poverty for many years. And then one day as her pastor came to visit her, he happened to notice this piece of paper in a frame on the wall. And he said, what is this? And, oh, that's something the lady I used to work for gave to me. And he went over and looked at it. And it was the lady's last will and testament. And she had left to her maid everything that was hers. But you see, the maid didn't know it. She didn't bother to try to find out what that piece of paper said. That's the way it is with us. 
This is just like an unfolded chair. Unless it's opened and we allow it to speak to us and we find those promises that are ours, we're just like that maid sitting at home in a hovel where we could be living in a really nice place. Some just don't know their possessions in Christ. The promised land of the Old Testament is not a type for heaven. That's not what it's all about. You see, in heaven, there aren't going to be any enemies that are resisting our rights and privileges. No, the promised land of the Old Testament was a type of our inheritance in Christ Jesus in the here and now that must be walked into and taken. It must be possessed through aggressive faith. In 2 Corinthians 1.20, it says, For all the promises of God in him are yea, and him in him amen, unto the glory of God by us. Folks, we need a clear vision of that which is ours in Christ Jesus, our inheritance, our rights and our privileges as sons and daughters of God. And acknowledging whose child you are isn't a matter of pride. It's a matter of just reality and truth. And we can miss stuff through false humility even. The devil oppresses many of God's people and he keeps them in bondage because they don't know who they are, first of all, in Christ. And the devil's biggest fear is that we will discover who we are in Christ and what belongs to us and that we will take possession of our inheritance. The devil knows if the believer ever finds out who they are and starts to come against him, they'll win because he knows he's already defeated by the finished work of Jesus on the cross. So the devil tries to convince us that there's nothing here worth fighting for, that it's all like a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow in the sweet by and by, we'll get it when we die. No, it begins in the here and now. The truth is our inheritance came to us through Jesus' death and he willed it to us and it's for right here and right now. I don't need money when I get to heaven. I need it now. I don't need healing when I get to heaven. I need it now. I don't need power over Satan when I get to heaven. I need it now. It's in this fallen world that we're supposed to be living by faith. Joshua realized that to get them motivated, they needed to see. They needed to get a revelation of what belonged to them. And so uh, as we continue reading in Joshua, we find out that he had them take 21 men, 
three men from each one of the tribes divide themselves up into groups of three and go out and survey the land. They needed to be aware of what was theirs. They hadn't even gone out to look at it. And so he had them survey the land, come back, and then they took it from there and they went in and they possessed it. But the thing is, is that we need to understand what is ours to possess. Ephesians first chapter of the 7th through the 17th through the 18th verse says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, this is again one of Paul's prayers. This is his prayer to the Ephesians. Uh, the Father of glory may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in knowledge of him. That the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance uh, in the saints is. Joshua sent them to survey, to spy out the land, to take inventory. And this is what we need to do. And this is what Advent's all about. It's a time to survey. It's a time to take inventory. We need to be getting into God's word and searching out our inheritance and getting a revelation of what belongs to us and begin to see ourselves living in the fullness of the life that Jesus has bought for us and died for us and given to us. It's time to stake your claim. The fact is, if you don't stake your claim concerning the promises of God and you do not personalize them, you're not going to possess them. You can say, I believe the Bible is true. I believe every promise from cover to cover. But if you don't know what those promises are and you don't personalize them and uh, stake your claim concerning them, you're never going to experience them. Many of God's people miss out on their inheritance because they're waiting for God to give them what he has already given them and they just haven't taken a look at it. Reminds me of a, of a wealthy man whose son was graduating from college and he wanted to give him a good gift and his son wanted a car. And so he uh, took him around and they looked at cars at dealerships and they found just a really nice car that his son really liked. And then on graduation day, the father asked his son to come up to his study. And so he went up there expecting to get his car. And so he went up there and his father said, son, the most important thing in the world is found in this book. And so I want you to have this. And he gave it, he handed him a Bible. 
the son looked at that Bible and he was infuriated. He didn't want a Bible. He wanted a car. And it just angered him. And he threw that Bible down on his father's desk and he stomped out of his office and he didn't speak to his father the rest of his father's life. After his father's funeral, his son went up to the office, his son to his dad's office to start to get things together. And he noticed that Bible was still laying there on his father's desk. He went over and he picked it up as he opened it up. A key fell out of the Bible. It was the key to that car that that young man had wanted so long ago. That young man missed out on life. He missed out on relationship. He missed out on the car because he wouldn't receive what his father was trying to give him. Let's search our hearts in this season of Advent and make sure that we're aware and that we have receptive hearts for our Father who loves us and what He wants to give us. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.